Hello guys, welcome to Jakku Broadcast. I'm Daniela. And I'm Melissa. And welcome to our very first episode of our Mandalorian recap show, which we have titled I Have Spoken. And um, obviously this is the chapter one because we're naming it after the episode titles because they're so conveniently titled for our um, what we're trying to do too. So um, yeah, welcome. Welcome. So um, if you did listen to our last podcast episode we did mention uh that our mandalorian um recap series would be called mando recon but after listening or after watching episode one we just had to call it i have spoken so yes. welcome to i have spoken <laughs> yes where we will be speaking <laughs> shocker yeah um so all right so uh i just want to get your experience on the, how you watched Mando or whatever. So, Melissa, tell us about your experience watching Mando. <laughs> so, of course, you know, the day Disney Plus drops is the day I have to go to work early. So, <laughs> the whole day I was um, suffering and just, you know, what, or reading other people's like tweets on Twitter about how amazing Disney Plus is and how amazing Mandalorian is, and I'm just like, can't wait till I get home. <laughs> I mean, I could have watched some of it at lunch, at my lunchtime, but you know, I wanted the full experience. I wanted to watch it on my t big screen TV, so I waited patiently. Um, and then I finally got home after so many hours, and I did everything else before I watched the Mando because I wanted to be uninterrupted or just not be wondering about anything else. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is actually really good. <laughs> because some of my first um, thoughts when I heard about the Mandalorian show coming out, I was like, okay, it's going to be, at least to me, it first appeared like it was going to be one of those fanboy-y type shows. And I'm not saying that's not entertaining, but, you know, I was, I'm hopeful. Of course, like, you know, Star Wars is always deep, but I was hoping for like a deep show that wasn't just all, you know, just the spectacle, you know, it's just all crazy and everything, but nothing really is substance. So I was really glad to see that it continued on with that aspect of Star Wars. You know, it did feel Star Warsy, as people have said. Um, and to me, I got a lot of like different types of vibes. Like, I know a lot of people say, Oh, they felt like it was like a Western type of vibe thing. You know, it was definitely like that. Or, um, you know, something like a, it felt like a little bit like an older show in terms of like those aspects. But to me, since, you know, I'm a gamer, um, it kind of felt reminiscent of certain video games that I've played. I don't know if it's maybe because those games have been inspired by shows like that, like Westerns. Obviously, like I'm talking about like um, Red Dead Redemption Obviously, they had to get their inspiration from the old movies, um, but also just like certain things that they did in the show and certain scenes that got played out. It felt like a video game just by the structure of it, especially also like at the end credits, um, that little montage of art that they went through. That is also very video game-esque. I don't know how to explain it, and it's probably how older shows did it before, but I just get connected to it through like the video games that I've played. 
Um, but yeah, that's just my superficial, um, you know, feeling of it right away. I really liked it. How about you, Danny? How did you first uh, watch it? And what was your initial reactions, feelings, all that good stuff? Well, because I don't sleep, I was the whole, <laughs> the whole night of the 11th, I was asking people if they knew what time Mandalorian was going to go live. And, you know, we gotten mixed reports about it. But then suddenly, like, uh, Disney Plus was up. And then I saw, oh, my gosh, Mandalorian is... Um, is available and I immediately clicked play and I was like shaking because obviously it's brand new Star Wars content and so it's just um very exciting it's a um I was I I hadn't heard much about the story which I mean I heard about the big plot twist but it wasn't about like I didn't know exactly what about the I thought it was just like a baby yeah but, um I didn't know uh, if it was what kind of baby or if it had any significance to the story, but um, obviously it would have had significance no matter what species or race. But yeah, so uh, no, I was shaking the whole time and I knew there was a big reveal and I'm like, where's this big reveal? Where's <laughs> this big reveal? And then like we got the big reveal and I was like, holy shit. Okay, so that's where we're going. <laughs> okay, and then um, yeah, so that was my experience and I was just waiting for like Melissa to watch and then she texted <laughs> like the me and she was day. like, oh my God. And I was like, yeah, I know. And I just watched it as a right before film or recording this episode and i was like waiting for to see my dad he like falls asleep while watching things and so i was like watching him like a hawk making sure he stayed awake and uh when he we got to the yoda part he was like oh my god that's yoda <laughs> my mom said the same thing <laughs> <laughs> i was like it's not yoda but it's not like we know anything about like the race or species so we can't like specify and he, uh, he was like is it yoda's reincarnation and i was, yes, like, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say it's reincarnated i was like no yoda. it can't be because it was born at the same time as anakin skywalker so um yeah no uh so yeah that was my experience and yes so i actually i heard the rumors too about it being about like a baby and uh, also, just I thought it was a separate rumor too. Like they said uh, that also the species of Yoda was gonna get, you know, kind of really. That was or, a rumor. It was, yeah. I think it was. I didn't. I know. I, I, I think. Who, but uh huh. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised, but that's I didn't. I thought hear they that were, at all. I, but then again, yeah. I wasn't really paying attention to Mando news or. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've been all on the rise of Skywalker, but yeah, I thought it was a separate rumor. Like I didn't think of it being combined like it was gonna be actually like a yoda baby <laughs> i thought it was gonna be separate and i did also have this crack theory that i'm a little upset it's not true but i get it that i thought that the baby that was uh gonna be revealed in mando i thought it might have might have been like ben solo but you just have a ben solo obsessed brain <laughs> <laughs> i mean let's not lie and pretend that you don't either but <laughs> i didn't think it was a ama- i didn't think I know, he was because you're I mean, more in rational of- in this aspect, but I was all uh, up in this crack theory with my tinfoil tiara, and I was ready to go down with the ship. So, <laughs> so you I'm went down saying. and you sunk. I went down, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, <laughs> dead in all right. <laughs> Sorry, what was but that? I'm lap? okay with it. I'm okay. With yeah, it. it's okay. Um, yeah, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't expect much. I did. 
I just expected, you know. I didn't expect much. (laughs) uh, Given Dave Filoni's involvement, I expected that I would enjoy it, and I did. So congratulations to myself. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get a vibe, like, when, throughout the whole episode, did you get a vibe, like, this could be an animated episode? Yeah, I did. I don't know, just, like, the structure, the way, I think a lot of people. It feels like Filoni. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think a lot of people did, and yeah, no, I think it's also, I don't know, because once you study the episode, like, once you watch the episode more, or any time you watch, like, a movie or a TV show, like, more than one time, you start getting the structure of it, and that's what I noticed once I, like, um... Once I watched it again, it was very much a Star Wars structure. And also it was very much a Filoni-esque kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's just it comes with him being involved, period. So and I think the pacing was really great, too, because if you've noticed it was sharp. Yeah, because they 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 um there was no filler like they went straight Mm-mm. to each specific scene each specific world there was no Mm -hmm. in between really of jumping between the worlds they just kind of went straight for it which i think was good because you had to pack so much into the episode you know you don't really have time to watch him go to that planet you know at each step yeah Um, i think the only time mm -hmm. sorry go on oh yeah sorry no like um yeah it's just that they really focused on what was important and they went right to it which I kind of yeah. felt was great because after I didn't even feel like it was forty five minutes long. No, it was like a thirty nine minute episode. Yeah, but it still felt quick to me. Or I looked 36. at the time and I'm like, yeah, it was pretty short. It was short, it and was that's short. it shows you that their commitment is to like getting to the story and stuff. And even <laughs> though it's like a it's an episodic series, it's still like they're just trying to story, story, story. And um, I think the only part that was kind of filler was whenever he was with the mithril the blue creature amphibian creature yeah. and that wasn't even really filler because it was telling you for or i'm already getting ahead of myself but as he's getting the uber taxi thing, <laughs> um it tells you one thing whenever he says no droids and it's like the mando doesn't like droids and then once you're in the ship or once you're in the ship Whenever the mithril creature goes down, uh, you just see the space without, you know, without the the Mandalorian being like, hey, MTV, welcome to my crib. And uh, <laughs> no, so yeah, no, I think everything was, you know, it was pretty sharp. And I wonder if the next episode will be the same length. I won't mind if it is, but I just wonder if it was just part of the pilot or if it was just, um, you know. I don't know. No, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. All right. So did you like the soundtrack? I thought it was really interesting because obviously we haven't seen anything or haven't heard anything like that in Star Wars yet. Just the yeah. type of music. Because obviously it's not John Williams. It's, but uh, it's Ludwig, still, yeah. uh, Ludwig Garrison. 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 Ludwig Garrison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he has uh-huh. done the... Um, He's done Gorison. He's done the uh He the did Black, Black Panther. Panther. He did a lot of the he's he, I think he's done all the movies for uh Ryan Coogler, if you know who Ryan Coogler is. 
and which obviously he's a director. <laughs> Everyone knows who Ryan Coogler is. He's the director of Black Pan- Panther, and uh, yeah, and he did Venom apparently, which a movie I haven't watched. He did Community. That's where he got his start. If you guys read any, uh, and he he worked with Childish Gambino as well. So he's very prolific nowadays. Like I think he he won some Grammys last year which the grammys are eh, but still it's really good like he's just so talented i'm mm-hmm. i was so excited when it was announced that he was a part of the mandalore man sorry <laughs> i can't speak the mandalorian so i think it's really cool and yes so yeah what did I you think, think sorry um the way he used certain instruments like it felt i even said he was gonna do this i think that he was gonna make things sound really organic and Use instruments that I guess we're not are not really like awfully. It feels very used. earthy, like yeah, the tone yeah, yeah. It's earthy. Yeah. Uh huh. And I have not gotten a chance to listen to the soundtrack on Spotify yet, but I really want to, just because I want to hear those sounds isolated without looking at the scenes or you know hearing other things in the audio. So I really am excited to to hear that and kind of think about it more, because <laughs> I think he's he does make it still sound. Star Warsy, despite we were not, we never have heard anything like that in Star Wars, but it still sounds Star Warsy. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, but I hope it makes sense. Yeah, it does. All right, so with that, we're just gonna go ahead and go through the episode. Um, our structure is just kind of be gonna be like we're gonna talk about like the important bits that we found during the episode from like in chronological order. So, um, yeah. All right, so. It starts the scene, the show starts with Mandalorian going into a bar, Eric slash cantina. That sounds Sorry. like a joke, this, a start of a joke. Oh, this is something else that I noticed about the first watch. I don't think the show is very like, I think Star Wars lingo is very off-putting. And this is coming from me as a fan. Like, <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan. I guess there's other I, I'm a huge fan of Star Wars and I love it a lot. So I am a huge fan, but I'm not a big fan in terms of me knowing everything. And I don't like I my eyes glaze over anytime someone talks about a plan or someone talks <laughs> about a specific machine or android or you know those kind of things just make my eyes glaze over. So what I notice is this isn't very friendly for the like non Star Wars, like the casual Star Wars fan, perhaps. But it really rewards you on multiple watches. So Disney Plus, the the metrics that they receive from my account will probably be satisfactory <laughs> because i'll be watching it over and over again just to understand the like little because in movies like whenever we were watching the, the last jedi for example yeah. i watched it so many times but you know the pose scene at the beginning my eyes just glaze over at his plan it didn't like <laughs> it just those things don't register for the first watch for me um uh, are you like I don't know, Melissa? Do they register for you too, or are you more of a are you more attuned to these kind? Of, I guess you're a gamer, so you're probably attuned to this. More, <laughs> I have to right? listen to the instructions, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, the what I just wanted to say before we get into the episode is that this episode this episode rewards like if you like there's a lot of vocabulary that you're just like what is this what what is this what are you talking about but But i um, did i know what you mean i did feel like there was a lot of star wars lingo there's like a learning curve i think even for me but maybe it's because i'm not 
I already explained why it would be a learning curve for me, but um, I think I got I got it down after like the second viewing, and then definitely once the third viewing happened, I'm like, yeah, I got this. Yeah, no, yeah, I get what you mean. Um, it's really I it was, I felt it really um reminiscent also of like A New Hope, which Favreau has said that he kind of drew inspiration from, especially like the cantina scene, because that when all the people in the cantina turned and looked to the mando i'm like that's that's a new hope right there that's that's literally what happened in the new hope yeah and also the force awakens han solo han solo yeah yeah all right so heading into the episode we open with a cantina scene and obviously everyone looks at mando and mando's there to get a bound collect a bounty and um, what I found really interesting about this scene is so there's this thing called Baskar steel. And I'm assuming this is the steel that the Mandalorians use to make their armor. And the drunk guy that I don't know if he was drunk, but the guy that the Mandalorian was trying to fight because he spilled his drink or something. Uh, he like him and his his person that he's with, his crony. They scratch his armor to see if it's real. And uh, we that tells us something about the Mandalorian. Like, yes, he's a Mandalorian, but he doesn't have the armor of the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian steel that they use, I guess, which is made out of Baskar steel. So I thought that was significant. And it's obviously significant later when he finally does get his uh, his shoulder pad that is actual that's real so it's basically like it's really interesting because um you know typical star wars themes is identity and that clear that 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 gives that tells me a lot about the mandalorian character and it's kind of like he's lost in the sense like Mm -hmm. just from his armor because it's not complete and his identity is in limbo a bit like we do we know if he can he obviously loves or he is glad to be um you know a mandalorian because he wears his helmet proudly but uh how we don't really know much about how he feels about his identity or how like connected he is to his people or we know that he does love to help them but we don't know that yet and um yeah sorry i'm getting ahead of myself but (sighs) that's something that i noticed from like the first scene like not the first time i watched it i would have not grabbed this meaning from it the first watch but definitely in the second and third watch i'm like oh that's interesting yeah, another thing that I found that was kind of video game-esque was the idea of, like, the upgrading armor. Um, especially oh, definitely. Like, yeah, when you're playing it's games. like RuneScape. Yeah, like, if you're playing a game and you get, like, a certain amount of whatever, you can give it to, like, this, especially, like, for Skyrim or, like, Witcher or those types of video games uh, where, like, they have fantasy and medieval-type, you know, uh, aspects of it. Like giving something to like a a blacksmith or like someone who who can use a forge, like and then making something for you to wear, like armor. I'm like, that's totally. I the first time I saw it, I'm like, this is like I'm playing Skyrim or I'm playing Dragon Age or something like that. It just it felt great because I don't know seeing that come to life on screen. It's like those things I connect with, and seeing it in the Mandalorian is really cool because. It kind of implies that he's gonna get 
better armor later on and it's i don't know it's just cool it's so cool yeah and then um so there's a scene where he's fighting the people and then this man gets like cut in half by the door which i found really cool and i found <laughs> really cool how they kind of like skirt this over the blood pg-13 i know but there's oh, no, never no. any it's blood like PG, in star wars actually. yeah well yeah, no it's for family but in uh, a new hope it might be pg-13 because of the violence i think it's pg um but anyway like yeah. in a new hope they showed blood and um, when uh, yeah. Obi-Wan chops off that dude's arm in the cantina, they showed yeah. the bloody arm. So, I mean, that's, that's as bloody as Star Wars gets, to be honest. Yeah. Let me see. The Mandalorian is rated. Uh, Google, you're not helping me. I don't know. But I heard it was like PG. <laughs> Yeah. Um yeah, and it's listed under family on um Disney Plus, so that's definitely cool. And obviously I don't think we're gonna see blood and I don't think we need to anyway, because what's the point really? We know what happens. We can use our imaginations. That's my favorite thing. Like in Star Wars, sometimes you just need to use your imagination. <laughs> especially when like their droids are talking or whatever. Yeah. So I found it okay once he collected his bounty um i found it really like funny how he's waiting for his uber driver like that was <laughs> you know it was a, a valet it, it felt more like a valet service because he actually went to somebody and <laughs> yeah, he like yeah, played yeah. The, like he, the flute i and loved then i love the little flute playing yeah thing that he had it was yes. funny and it was like I, that's another thing about the show that I really liked about how silly it is. Like, yes, it's like about a bounty hunter, but it's also very like, like, oh my gosh, Star Wars. I love it. <laughs> that also, and I, I could see that cost that that character or that costume being like cosplayed. Like, I could see cosplays of oh, that yeah. right now. The little the, the alien that played the flute. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then once we get to the, um, you know, the valet slash Uber, uh, you can tell that Mando has, that's another thing that's established very early, like Mando is not a fan of droids. He's a droid racist or a droidist <laughs> or whatever you call the people who are anti-droids. And I don't know if that's normal for underworld societies like the bounty hunter guild or whatever. Obviously, it's not because later we find that there's a a droid that's in the guild. But so, um, yeah, I mean, who knows? Like, Yeah, there's something that must it, have happened to make him distrust droids. Droids, or, yeah. yeah. I, I agree completely with you there. Like, because, uh, uh, I mean, a lot of have... Uh, I'm trying to think of droid like, bad guy characters. Are they distrustful of droids? Uh, I mean, they use them, like, normally. I don't think they yeah, see droids so. as anything different than a yeah and also the mandalorian i'm gonna go ahead and say he's not a bad guy like he kills Mm, but um no it's more complex than good guy bad guy made up words they literally said would say (laughs) they literally said he's although there is an actual there's actual bad guys never mind it's kind of not made up words but there is actual bad people and we'll get to it eventually but um yeah no the mandalorian he might not be perfect but he's not He's not a hero yet, but he's they, like yeah. They said he was gonna be guy. like a dark hero with he's a hurt. heart of gold. 
Yeah. And then we get, um, so that was uh, really interesting to see. And obviously, I really loved the little astromech. That's another thing that I was thinking while watching it. I'm like, yes, I finally know the name of those droids and their astromechs. And I am a Star Wars <laughs> fan, I promise. But it's just like those terms are usually the ones that go over my head. But now I definitely know it after watching the prequels a million times. Um, okay. So then, obviously, we're in a tundra planet. It's like a desert planet, only it's uh, snow. So tundra planet, I think that was interesting. Um, we get a surprise. Uh, we get a surprise attack on the Mando ship there, and the that that uh, creature. I forget the name. I know it's called. It's it's definitely given a name some in the um in the episode, but I don't have it with me right away. But it's that huge, like, it's a snake-like, a huge monster-like, yeah. tentacle-like um, creature. And the sea monster. it kills the Uber driver. <laughs> the sea monster kills the Uber driver. Yeah. And they escape through the Mando, shooting it and stunning it, I guess. It's, it's paralyzed, and they are able to go away, which is classic Star Wars, because how many times have we seen a random creature attack them? Like the Rathar, <laughs> then, then obviously um, Empire Strikes Back. There's that um, that what's it called? The thing that swallows the ship. Um. Well, it's another one of those things. So, yeah, there's just it's so Star Warsy. Yeah, I mean, it's just the whole thing of like a bigger monster coming after you. Like, there's always a bigger fish type thing. Um. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that. and that's another thing. Another monster that we... Uh, that's another monster that I could have given as an example, the one in, um, in the underground... Underworld, or under the under the water area of Naboo. But, um, yeah. Um, and then, so, we learned that the amphibian is a mithril creature. I thought... I just wanted to point it out because I think the myth name is interesting. This isn't the first... This isn't even the first... The only creature in the creature i'm sorry the only species that is named that starts with myth in this episode so yeah. that's really cool i think it's like okay we're getting we got it guys we got it i mean some people might not also um who was it quill man uh quill i don't i don't know if i say that right uh quill mentioned the mythosaur later. yeah that's what i was gonna yeah the mythosaur so it's like dinosaurs yeah yeah, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. like, yeah. I think, I think that's also the um, the symbol for the Mandalorian, the Mandalorians in general. The like, Mythosar, the one that yeah. we see whenever he gets to the yeah. All right, but it's and not then the, we get the it's ship. not the sea creature though. It's a different creature. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Uh, okay. It's one that the the Mandalorians used to ride. So yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. um, and then. The amphibian creature, which is the mithril, he says he 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 calls the ship the the razor crest. So that's, and I think it's really interesting because um, what's it called? Uh, yeah, no, it, he the mithril says that the ship is bef it's pre empire, so it's like the Repu the Pu republic era, I assume. So it's an old ship, which is it's pre a kind of thing that the myth, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the mithril is like trying to 
like get his way out of it and try to say that oh yeah i have a lot of credits i can get us a better ship and then we're told that it's pre-empire so that's pretty old and surprisingly yeah, still works what did, uh, yeah what did you think about this part of the episode so far I th- yeah, I loved it. Did you see on Twitter there's like a, some spec or some cool um cool uh, thoughts about the ship about the razor crest being in the shape of a uh a uterus. A uterus. Yes. Yeah. Was, that's exactly what that's exactly what I was thinking because obviously it's a Mandalorian and Boba Fett is in the Mandalorian as we've established, but um remember in our episode about Age of Resistance, the comics, how you told me that Ray's ship, which I pointed out was like a uterus, yeah. looked like a uterus and it looked like Boba Fett's ship. Uh then I remembered you telling me this and I was like looking at his ship and I'm like, oh, it kind of looks like Boba Fett's. And then it also like it has a uterus thing going on. So Star Wars is definitely like not shy Just about of the uter- using uterus images. imagery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, that's Im- immediately the first time I watched it because I was thinking about the uh, Age of Resistance comic and you telling me that I was immediately like, oh yes, that's a you know that's a uterus like so because it's not the same ship but it's the same it's, it's a kind of similar shape but yeah pretty much because it has like those two sides coming out of it. So another thing that I found interesting was that uh, the uh, mithril creature he says is it true that you guys never take off your helmets and the mandalorian kind of just stare he just keep he doesn't stare he just i mean he stares out into the ship like he's flying the ship so he doesn't really pay any mind to the guy and i think that's interesting because what have we seen from our star wars so i keep on saying creatures our star (laughs) wars characters is that whenever they like find someone they connect with they'll take off their helmets yes yeah so i mean if i think if mando's ever gonna take off his helmet it'll be like in front of somebody somebody that he is comfortable with taking his helmet off and i don't think i think he's gonna keep it on for a couple more episodes i don't think he's gonna take it off just yet um but yeah i think like like if we think about the other characters that we know that hide behind their helmets (laughs) kylo ren um obviously like he's trying to hide something not like hide from other people but more of hide from hide who he is to himself in a way i think he's obviously we saw something in flashbacks that we briefly saw about his childhood or something that he his memories something he remembers from happening back then Obviously, it seems like he had a traumatic childhood. Um, so we don't know yet about all that. Um, I, if if you've looked at the trailer and you paused us at a certain point when the flashbacks come on, you could see like super battle droids in the background. So that kind of implies that it's pre-Empire, at least maybe right before it. Um, if that is like the correct timeline. I'm not exactly sure because that would make him kind of like old, old. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure where the clone, the the battle droids come in. So we'll have to see about that. Um, but yeah, I think something he's hiding something beneath his armor, and I think he feels comfortable with 
keeping his helmet on. I think, uh, yeah, we're not going to see him unmask till a little later. Yeah, and I think that's an, that's another part of his identity. Maybe he's not comfortable with his face. Like, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be ugly underneath because <laughs> Pedro Pascal is really hot. Do you I'm think they're going like, to make maybe, him look normal, though? Like regular, no, as he always is? I think he's going to look like normal. Hopefully. Like, why else? <laughs> I mean, they might change it because it's Star Wars. He could look like whatever. But I'm hoping that they keep his face because it's a beautiful face. But What um, if he has yeah, that, no. uh, that mustache? That he's always having. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Let him have his mustache. I don't mind. It's no Pascal. No, but what I was just saying, like, you know, sometimes people aren't, like, this is part of the identity thing. Maybe he's not comfortable with who he is. Maybe he doesn't look like other Mandalore people. So we'll see how What that if he has a scar? Yeah, maybe he's scarred. Typical Star Wars. But yeah, that, that would t- definitely make sense. If he's so, scarred, I'm going to scream. Like, that's so obvious at that point, you know? <laughs> Oof. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely scarred on the inside, but... He's yeah, scarred on the inside, cool but if he's he also scarred, scarred on, on the outside, outside then I'm going to scream. Yeah. And then there's the... There's a cano- canonization of Life Day, because the yes. guy wants the... Amph- the so amphibian now- wants to go back home. We now have life to his family. Canon. Yeah, and I think it's so funny because everyone was like, "The Mandalorian is this gritty underworld, blah 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 blah." As you can tell, you like, you know what people have been saying about the Mandalorian, but immediately they jump to poop jokes and like <laughs> canonizing this little really silly uh, <laughs> part of the Star Wars canon, and it's just it's so funny. And also, I think, I think Favreau said he wanted to do a holiday special. So he we'll wanted, see. To, yeah, he did say that. I think he said there was going to be like hints about it in this show or something like that. So he's uh, he's teasing it's canonized, it. So yeah, and then so once he gets, um, he obviously he uh, puts the um, the amphibian guy the myth mithril he puts the mithril inside the carbonite and he's frozen so once he goes into the other cantina where the guild is um it's either a cantina or a guild i'm not sure but it's a seedy place it's seedy looking there's like smoky it's a smoky environment so he he meets up with grief karga and um he gives him he's trying to give him his payment in imperial credits and he even mentions that they still spend so they can still use imperial credits but the mando won't take it and what did you think about that melissa um that he wouldn't take the imperial credits it kind of it could it could mean a couple things it could mean that he's not very fond of the empire in general which would make sense if his if his whole backstory involved them in a negative way um, it could also mean that he's not really interested in the money for the bounties. Maybe he's doing it just to fulfill something inside of him, make him feel that he's a good person or a good or a good worker just by fulfilling these jobs and money means nothing to him. Um Yeah, I mean I think it could be a couple of different things. Um 
And I mean, he, I mean, just because of like going to see the client later on and him looking at the other stormtroopers wearingly, I don't think he likes the Empire very much and he probably does, he cares less about their credits. Yeah, and I think the mention of the Great Purge and the fact that the Empire has the medal for the Mandalorian armor, I think that tells you something. Like, I, I um, we know that the Empire went into different cultures and try to like cultivate their important parts of it. So it's kind of like, like not to, it's imperialistic, but not. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that pun, but it's like <laughs> literal, like imperialism. Where they go to different lands and different planets and they take their culture and they keep it for themselves or they try to cultivate it because they wanted to use it to their advantage. And we've seen them do that in Rebels and uh, obviously Palpatine was very into that kind of stuff. And um, so I think that him not taking the Imperial credits and accepting the half of half of the payment in Calamari Flan just i think he hates the empire i don't think he likes it but speaking of calamari flan it's like mexican representation (laughs) can we call the calamari mexicans now (laughs) i'm serious because the flan i was like oh my god it's actual flan it's It's like blue flan flan. (laughs) this blue flan you know what i'm gonna have someone make flan for me and just color it blue (laughs) color it blue oh man now I want flan. My mom makes some great flan. Oh like, gosh, oh, so good. you should send some to me. <laughs> like, put it in an <laughs> envelope and just send it. <laughs> oh yeah, it's gonna get the envelope all like slimy. <laughs> um, okay, but also we learned that Grief Karga, he is like, yes, he gives people bounties, but he also cares about his guild because he won't give the Mando, he won't give the Mando all of the bounties, like the little what's Bob's. It called? The fobs. fobs. What is a fob, by the it's way? It's like a, if you look at, like if, okay, for another, another example of a fob is like your keys to, to your car. Like if you have like the keys that you can unlock and unlock your car, that's called the key okay, fob. Okay, so this is like real world vocabulary. This it's is not actually just... vocabulary, Danny. Nobody made this up. Okay, because, yeah, sorry. I'm like an immigrant. So like some <laughs> of these things, I'm like, what? Because I've never heard anyone use that word term, so... You can explain it to me and probably any listener that doesn't know what a fob is. That is just like me. Shout yeah, out to you. <laughs> yeah, it's basically like something small like that you can carry around for like, yeah, it's like one thing is the key fob for the car. This is a fob that is apparently like a tracking uh, device, which I'm curious as to how okay. it tracks because I doubt it's actually like yeah, attached maybe coordinates? to anything. Like yeah. a like the other person's not going to have like a device attached to them, like a GPS tracker, and then that fob will lead you there. And I wonder if it's maybe like tracked by blood or something where it could sense you. I don't know. I have mm-hmm. no idea. Yeah, I mean, we don't know. So now that I know what a fob is, <laughs> so he you won't take any, he won't give them. I know, you do. Today I learned. Um, yeah, so Grief Karga cares about his guild, and he says that it's busy, but he can't give him uh, all of them because obviously the Mandalorian is very skilled and talented, and so he won't give him 
he he said his highest bounty is five thousand, and then the Mandalorian is like that won't even cover fuel these days. So that tells you something about the ec- economic a state of the galaxy maybe everything is like really expensive uh i don't know the conversion of five thousand whatever credits um credits versus dollars obviously but given the fact that that much is a little bit like maybe it covered fuel in the past but not anymore so that tells you something about the economic state of the galaxy everything's expensive so Grief Kaga basically tells him that there is another kind of under the table job for him um, that he could do. Um, it's discreet, and he tells him to go meet this client, um, who is Werner Horsog, um, his character. And um, this part it was actually a part that we saw at Star Wars Celebration when we got a sneak peek at. Uh, the Mandalorian, which was cool uh, that we got to see that. Uh, but yeah, this was actually the scene that they showed us of him actually meeting uh, the uh, the client, and which is crazy to me because one of the first things that I noticed that I thought was really weird when the Mandalorian walks into this office, other than like the stormtroopers standing around, but it's of when the doctor walks in. Or he, like, stumbles in and, you know, the Mando gets, you know, kind of taken off guard for a moment and he aims his weapon at him. But the doctor is wearing glasses because never, like, I don't know why that's so weird to me. Because obviously in Star Wars we haven't actually seen a character wear glasses, like legitimate glasses to see. I guess everyone, I thought everyone had, like, perfect eyesight. but uh, Or they all had contacts. But... That's that that one thing that happened uh, in that scene, and when I was at celebration, I was I couldn't get over it. I couldn't get over that somebody was wearing glasses in Star Wars. But yeah, that was really awesome when he stumbled in, and um, I think um, the whole scene with uh, the doctor too was interesting because the client is telling the Mando what the job is, and he obviously can't tell him much about it. He just says, you know, the 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 asset is 50 years old um, and it's assumed it's a he and they can't really tell him much anything else except that the, they give him the fob for it. Um, and then the the client says, you know, we'll accept it like if you bring him dead or alive. And then the doctor kind of, he gets a little confused and he's a little uh He's like, this wasn't what we agreed upon. Like, he wants him alive, um, which is telling because it's been uh, figured out in the fandom by just looking at a, a picture of this doctor that looks like a character picture. The um, patch on his arm, on his shoulder, on his right shoulder, the patch has a symbol on it. And it's actually exactly just like the symbol of the Camino uh, clone facility. Like, that is their symbol on his arm, on his shoulder. Which is crazy, because that just ends a whole other element to this whole story now. Because the Kaminoans, they were a specific species, and he clearly looks like a human. So, first of all... How did he become this doctor, and how does he have this Camino connection? And 
why does he want this particular asset alive? Which we could speculate from there. But um, what do you think, Danny, about this doctor and the whole thing? Well, I think it's the clone or not the clones the stormtroopers is the first thing that grabbed my eye because obviously their armor isn't shiny white pristine white um, yeah. and i think that's really cool because it's a good thing to like to cosplay people could cosplay a dirty stormtrooper that has like <laughs> outdated uh looking armor and so that tells me like obviously they have the also another thing that got my eye is the the fact that they had like a there's these ring devices, which is like a doorbell where you can like, you can, it's a camera attached to the doorbell. And yeah, I have that's one. exactly like the little, there's like the thing, it looks like one, uh, whenever the little ball shoots out and it looks like a literal eye. And that's what it reminded me of. <laughs> and once he's in there, I think. What if we had those in <laughs> real life. Yeah, no, we do. We do. And, um, and yeah, so that caught my eye and the stormtroopers caught my eye and so the doctor i think i think it's kind of like how the nazis experimented on people i think that's the implication of the doctor uh or and like the whole scene kind of gave me nazi and hiding vibes like yeah. you know you know what i mean yeah yeah like it's like the empire fell, like the Reich fell, but maybe there is still hiding somewhere. And so, no, so I thought that that was interesting in that sense. The, the client, I thought he was interesting because he was telling him that, you know, I like, I love his voice. I love Werner or Werner, Werner, I think, Werner Herzog's voice. Um, and I think his, um, I think he was very intriguing. And then whenever the, like when he says decorum, I'm like, yes, I love that. I love <laughs> his accent. It. It's so good. Uh, yeah, definitely. I like it. And um, so Dr. Pershing is Pershing, right? Yeah. So Dr. Pershing, I thought that the clone thing, I just saw it on Twitter recently, like today. And I was like, holy shh, because that has so many implications for what they might want to be doing with um, the baby that we see later on in the episode. And um yeah, no, and then it's really, like, his last words to the Mandalorian. It's, like, uh, talking about how he wants to... It's good to, to have stuff in the natural order of things after a moment of chaos or something. This is obviously not word for word. It's me paraphrasing, but that was the most interesting because given the fact that, obviously, we see the he has the Imperial sighing on the little... You know, the little... What's it called? the medal that he gave him oh um yeah there's the imperial sign on it obviously and there's the stormtroopers and obviously he wants to reinstate the empire so given that palpatine isn't back or we don't know what this guy knows and we know that there was con contingency plans right so mm -hmm. it's like maybe there's one revolving this baby but um yeah, so obviously that's going to be the big bad of the series. And that's just so interesting. I would because be... Because I knew it was going to involve something about Palpatine. Yeah. I knew it was... I knew it. Yeah. I'd but be didn't so I say it? happy. I said it. It's going gonna, gonna to involve Palpatine. <laughs> I'd be so happy if they, if they say like, there's a Palpatine contingency, contingency plan. I mean, what else could it yeah. be to me? Like, there's no other thing that it could be. Like, of course, 
right after the empire falls a couple years later the empire is still i mean obviously palpatine is back now for tross like he's been in control this whole time so it only makes sense that he's still in control at this point too and he's working his way and doing something with these other uh empire um officials or soldiers or commanders or whoever was with the empire he's still working with them somehow either through somebody else or he still is the puppet master even at this point even before tross before the rise of skywalker before the force awakens i think palpatine is definitely still behind this somehow mm-hmm. contingency plan somehow. yeah and definitely his if not palpatine himself it's definitely his ideal his ideas and his ideal ideology i think his ideas are still behind like still there and obviously with the first order it's kind of a similar vibe so um we know that it doesn't ever really go away now for a fact and so that's interesting i think um i think that the fact that he has all the beskar he has like he says a camton tony camtony uh available of um beskar if he got the uh the little if he gets the bounty he'll give him like so much of it yeah i guess that's what camtony means is that an actual unit of uh, amount like I don't, not in the real world but I don't i've never heard it before heard of it either yeah i don't think so so i think it's star wars okay so yeah no and then yeah, oh this is the quote that he gives I, I had it written down but i wasn't really looking at my document but it says it is good to restore the natural order of things after a period of such disarray don't you agree and the Mandalorian kind of just goes away. <laughs> which He's is like, so I'm gonna fight about this right now. Yeah, I was like, I'm just here to do my job. Yeah, I think he has some very strong feelings for the Empire, and yeah, he's not gonna get. But into at this it. point, he's more like worried or more into like getting the money and doing his job. He's he's t- obviously he's masked. He has a mass approach into this whole thing, so he's trying to be like, well, I'm. He's one of those people that's like, I don't want to get into the politics. I'm just here to do my job at this point. But we know later it'll probably change because that's how things work in Star Wars. <laughs> and yeah, so that's all I had to say on that bit. Yeah. So after that, he goes to the planet where the, fa- the fob takes him to. Um. Oh, even before that, though, I'm sorry, I'm skipping something. He goes underground to his, to this like kind of secret Mandalorian gathering of other people. They just they're not even really gathering, just hanging out and Is doing that, their thing. That's a that you got that vibe too, right? Like the fact that it was like a secret. Yeah, I, it I got totally that vibe as well. I'm like, like it's kind of like they're hiding people under like there, yeah. like. Well, yeah, because even like in if... the uh, in the animated series, we know that the Empire was, you know, controlling Mandalore, and you know, we just knew that Satine was going to go back and try to fix things and take back Mandalore, but we didn't know what that's happened why, after that. That's why I'm like very interested, and that's another thing about jumping in as a casual fan. I or like if you were to jump in as a casual fan and didn't really pay attention to the previous 
backstory yeah. it's just so overwhelming i mean you can t- you can t- gather what might have happened with your own context clues but it doesn't directly tell you this is what happened here and i mean i think it will be revealed but at this moment it's kind of like i'm wondering if they're hiding because they don't want to be controlled by anyone anymore but clearly mandalorian the mandalorian is just walking around like people know who he is or that he works in the bounty or whatever so i wonder if the other masked people around him also are working like in the broad daylight and stuff right and like, do um, they know that there's a civilization of mandalorian people underground me i don't know i don't i don't know it it did seem like its own secret type guild in a way um and especially when he went over to that forge area that's so like video game me i can't get over it but it is that part definitely it's like when you finally get <laughs> a task accomplished and you go bring that thing that you needed like, well, <laughs> yes. that's exactly what mandalorian did yeah um and then also obviously whoever this uh female mandalorian is she knows things she definitely knows things that we don't know yet because the way she speaks up uh to the mandalor mandalorian and then what did she say like have you uh, something about a signet like have oh, you oh he asks i have it here mm-hmm. it asks she asks him if he has had his, he has discovered his signet for yet and mandalorian is like no not yet and we what don't is, know what a signet means like is, that's not an that's not an english word is it not, i mean I i'm sure it might be i'm gonna just look <laughs> But yeah, what does that mean? So a signet, okay, so according to Google, a signet is a small seal, especially one set in a ring, used instead of or with a signature to give authentication to an official document. Oh, so it's like... English. It's like... It's it's almost from a medieval time. Yeah, it's almost like pouring wax onto like an envelope. And then you stamp mm. it with whatever uh, ring or st- whatever stamp, and then it kind of makes a symbol. This That's reminds me of, you know, the fan fiction where it's like a soul mark is revealed to you. I was just this about to that- say that. Like, it's a soulmate-like yeah. symbol. Yeah. And he <laughs> says that not yet. And this is making me wonder, maybe he's not an actual Mandalorian. Like, what if he's not of Mandalore? What if he's someone who was found or something but i don't know that'd I mean, be like really if that'd be some Django fed vibes like right there <laughs> that, like, yeah the that's and it also goes with identity like it's about found family etc cetera, etc cetera, but we don't know yet and i think it's t- i mean the fact that she asked him if he has had that revealed to him yet and he's like not yet it's like interesting like what's going on here like is it because you're being delayed somehow and or is it because you're not actually what you are but who knows yeah so then wait so we talked about him oh yeah and he gives this woman the calamari flan and he says that it should be good for sponsoring the foundlings right yeah something about the foundlings that they're gonna be or maybe the was it maybe the metal was the what's I keep on calling it the metal, but it's called the Baskar steel, Bas Baskar steel. 
So the Beskar steel, is that possibly what will sponsor the foundlings? I was confused in this point if it was the money that was sponsoring the foundlings or if it was the metal, the Beskar. Yeah, I mean, I'm because not he sure gives them because, both. Yeah, because she gives, gives him the, the she gives him that piece of uh, armor uh, from that metal back to him. So I don't think that is what she was talking about. I think it's the flan that that she was saying is going to help the foundlings. But like, what is she talking about? Is she talking about like other Mandalorians that they found? Perhaps something where they're escaping Mandalore, they had to leave Mandalore, and they're trying to assemble themselves. You know. That's a that's a yeah. thought, because it it does seem like they're, like I said, they're like a secret group, and they're probably trying to take care of each other, um, so they probably need this money, to keep going secretly. Okay, so after, the Mando, uh, goes to the forge, he's going now to the planet where, the asset is supposedly is, uh, where it's supposed the asset supposedly um. And um, did did they ever say what planet this is, Danny? I don't think they specify any planets at all. Yeah, which is interesting because, I don't know, I guess I'm used to them saying what planet they go to. Uh, Yeah, even in Solo, they would have like markers, or I think Rogue One, I mean, they would have like a little, um, on the side of the screen, it would say, this is the planet. Yeah, it's so weird, we don't know. Um, But yeah, it's this really like desert, dry planet. With like literal like cracks in the ground, it's so dry. Um, but that's where he meets um, Kuil. Kuil. Yeah. Kuil. Yeah. I have spoken. But yeah, he before he even meets him, he gets attacked by a uh, a blurg, which is <laughs> it looks like a T Rex, but like shorter and like I don't know. It does look like a mini T Rex. I don't know why it reminds me of that. Probably because it has like little arms. And, like, really big legs. <laughs> but he gets attacked by a blurg. And then Quill, uh saves him by, like, basically tranking it. Uh, two, he tracks, tranks two of them because two of them attack him. And then he takes the Mando back to his little farm. It looks like a farm. Just because, like, it has, like, a windmill or... It looks... It does look like a farm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Quill takes him back there. And he starts talking about, like mandalorians and he's like i have never met a mandalorian before um and basically he tells well before he even takes him to his farm he tells the mando he'd help him find this asset and um he the mando's kind of confused because basically quills told them that since you know this whole thing has come up they've had bounty hunters and mercenaries here all the time and there's no peace anymore they're always here um and so the mando is like you know why are you going to help me if you if you don't like any of this and basically he says like well then once you know if i show you the way maybe we'll have peace for once and he kind of seems really confident i think in the mando's abilities i think maybe because of all of the legends he's heard of them and he even mentions that the Mandalorians have ridden the great, like, Mythosaur, uh, which is basically the creature of the Mando's, the Mandalorian's, like, symbol. Um, yeah, I think, um, uh, what do you think of Quill, Danny, and what he says? I actually found his scenes really touching with the Mandalorian. Like, it's kind of funny, like, whenever the Mandalorian was like, 
I don't know how to ride blurg and then he learned and i found that scene also <laughs> touching because it's like another traditional star wars theme where you know the hero bonds with an animal and he bonded with the um the blurg and learned how to ride it and then also the the um the ugnaught kuio it was i liked him a lot and i found him to be, i found those scenes very touching because it's like he's telling the mandalorian like your people are really strong and they're they can do everything and i think that the mandalorian needed to hear this even if he seems very confident or whatever there's still a demeanor i feel that he's insecure maybe of who he is and his standing and what he's doing but um i think the kuil telling the mandalorian that um you will make quick work of it in terms of like defeating the evil people who've taken over this planet and then there will be peace i think that that's a very interesting theme it's like the same theme that's going on in the sequel trilogy and it's um like there's these evil people that you will help defeat and then there will be peace and that's exactly what the sequel trilogy is telling us so um yeah and i also found it really cool that the blurgs eat the males while mating (laughs) you laughed at that slay ladies and did you get um when he was trying to learn how to ride the blurg did you get any star wars episode two vibes when anakin was trying to ride that creature for sure yeah yeah and the blurg is kind of like a fish dinosaur looking kind of it does look like a fish yeah my mom was calling it like a fish face like creature yeah yeah so yeah, and I think that the Mandalorian was obviously very touched by Kuil because he's like, you take it all. Like he's like, you take it, and so, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I like. I don't know. I just did. You also find that those scenes a t- touching, or was it just me being very emotional? <laughs> no, it did because you know he was finally somebody was finally talking about who the Mandalorian is, just by. Not knowing much about him, but just knowing what his history should be, or at, the, at least what he comes off as, you know, because we don't know anything about his background yet, or if he even is a Mandalorian. But this guy, this Ugnat, just by how his appearance is to him, he, uh, you know, he thinks he's a Mandalorian. And apparently, according to legends, these Mandalorians are like great warriors. So that kind of inspires the Mando to kind of, you know, kind of become who he's trying to portray i guess or what he's trying to portray even if he's not a mando or if he is so i think it's really cool to have like Kuil come you know and just kind of at least tell the audience you know in a way storytelling wise like who this mandalorian should be and kind of probably foreshadowing like i I wouldn't be surprised if we see a mythosaur in the future and maybe he'll write it you know That'd be crazy. But I think, yeah, I think it was really cool to have Quill just say those things. And, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Yep, I think that every hero needs someone to reassure them of who they are. And I think Maz was that for Rey. And then Mm -hmm. I think Leia was also that for Rey. And the Ugnaught, Kuil. I keep on calling him the Ugnaught, but Kuil was also (laughs) that for the Mandalorian. Like, I don't know, like the fact that he's, he associates the Mandalorian name with peace, like 
that tells you everything about his because I think that the Mandalorians and the Clone Wars are, I don't know if it's in Rebels, but they were used by the, like you said, they were used by the Empire and, like, to fight. Like, they were war machines, kind of, right? Yeah. So, um, the fact that Ugnaught, Quill, <laughs> the fact that he refers to the Mandalorians as peacemakers, like, I don't know. I I think that's that's another kind of thing about, like, you know, from a certain point of view, like Ray sees Han as a great smuggler and Finn sees him as a war hero. But yeah, I think that we'll learn more about the the peaceful Mandalorian thing <laughs> later. And but then yeah. right after this is one of my, I think it's maybe one of my favorite like parts of this episode is when he finally gets to that. I think he said it was a quarry. Um, where the asset is and it's so funny how he looks down and he already sees like ig11 just like walking up casually i really love ig11 he's so funny and especially because it seems like somebody already sent ig11 there but he did like nobody he didn't know that do you think it's the client who sent him i mean i wouldn't be surprised because that didn't really get explained like he didn't say oh well this this I got sent already by blah blah blah. Yeah, that was vague on purpose. I think it was vague on purpose. I I wouldn't be surprised if they just sent IG eleven there to kind of also like, or maybe somebody else sent IG eleven. Somebody who's not the client and just to retrieve. I know the droid was. I know this droid was named before Instagram was made, but every time we say IG eleven, I'm like Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, IG-11 is Instagram. And he has the same kind of color as the original Instagram. Oh my gosh. Logo, or the little symbol for the camera. But yeah. <laughs> I really love how he walks too. He kind of just like turns himself around. <laughs> it's great. I mean, we, we've seen like IG-88 before, but not like in, you know, TV shows or anything really. Well, I mean, briefly, briefly, but not really in a lot of the scenes. But it's so funny to see him walk. And just like move, and I thought it was so funny how he kept um, trying to self destruct <laughs> despite like Mando trying to like keep things under control. This yeah, part also, good. yeah, this part also felt like a video game to me. I'm gonna say that, I'm gonna keep saying that. Just yeah. that him, like IG 11, just trying to make a distraction, then Mando going over to the turret, and it also gave me the it. Last Jedi vibes just because of that huge cannon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of a lot of vibes in here. Um yeah, and then when they finally get that door open, um it was you know, I guess it's funny to me because that that cradle or not that cradle, it's like the basket. It's not even a basket. It's just that little crib looks like an egg. It looked like a literal egg. And once it like cracks open, <laughs> you know, we get to see the ears. Did you think, um, right when you saw those ears, I don't know, my first thought when we saw the tiniest hint of green in the crib, did you ever watch The Grinch, the Grinch movie with yeah. Jim Carrey? I, for the briefest moment, I thought he was going to look like the Grinch as a baby. <laughs> like, if you remember that scene in The Grinch when he's like a baby or a toddler, and it's, he's got, like, a really, like, grinchy face. 
I don't know if you remember. Yeah. But anyway, I'm sure someone will remember. And I thought he was going to look like that at first, but no. He actually had really big and cute eyes. He's super cute. The Yoda baby. When the baby green creature was revealed, I uh-huh. thought of how Yoda was also revealed from the back in The Last Jedi. Like, like the back. Like oh, the sh- like, camera yeah, yeah. comes from in from the back. Uh-huh. And I thought that was like, I, I don't know. of that? Yeah. That's another Last Jedi vibe that I picked up from that. Okay. Yeah, yeah I could see that. Do you think, um, do you think this little kid or baby is force sensitive? Because if you saw like at the end, the crib was floating. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. So do you think? Yeah. yeah. No. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely didn't see that the first time I watched it. I had it pointed out to me, but yeah, I was like, "Is this baby force sensitive?" And then, I guess he's like super midichlorian. He's, <laughs> he's got a lot of midichlorians. In yeah. Him. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Oh my. Gosh. I don't know. Like, I wonder. Like, continuing on, how is this? How is the Mando going to? carry this egg around you know with you know what it also I gave me sorry they don't it, go ahead. also like somebody pointed out this uh, pointed this out on twitter and i already forgot who said it because that's my life i always forget who said what on twitter somebody said it gave him like moses vibes from the bible you know like moses got sent down a river in this like basket round basket and it so, kind of felt um, like that to me. So Anakin is Jesus and yes. this baby is Moses. And yeah, I mean, that's cool. <laughs> I, they definitely have never shied away from like biblical references or right. anything. So. What were you going to say though? Um, What I was going to say is I think they're going to get up to wacky adventures. Like maybe like, maybe they're he's trying to hide the baby and the baby's being like really like force sensitive or his forces, <laughs> his force powers are coming out or whatever. And Mando's like, Oh my God. And then, um, I think that we might get a scene where wherever this baby ends up, like he ends up like maybe bad guys come to the, that place and then he ends up saving the day somehow. So uh-huh. I don't know. Like, it's interesting how these um, also, it's interesting that he's like, isn't he 50 years old? And it's a baby. That's cute. Oh, I was going to say that whenever the Mandalorian got a control of the cannon, um, it was like a Scarface moment. Like, say yes. hello to my little friend. And then he yes. shot everyone up. You're right. Yeah. Do you think and then this- oh, another uh-huh. moment that's referencing referencing another movie is the finger touch, which is referencing oh, yeah. E.T., e. obviously, e. but it's also Kathleen referencing Kennedy. Star Wars, The Last Jedi, yeah. and the connection between someone who might has like a suspect background and someone who is pure. And I mean, we don't know if this, I'm not going to say that this baby is not going to be, is not pure. I don't know. We don't know the connotation. We don't <laughs> know anything about him or how he was created, but he's pure. He's little baby. He's that little, like the, you know, the, you know how on, there's that new emoji with the eyes. Yes. The, the like teary eyes. Yes. That's him. So, <laughs> And I'm going to call him him because the Mandalorian calls him him, but it could be a she. Yeah. Do you think- be- Imagine if it's a she. Oh my god, fanboys are gonna get so mad. Uh, they're already mad. Well, uh, we didn't see how we didn't like. 
I would be mad too because we didn't see this little baby be trained to see how to make his crib float. Like we didn't see that. We didn't even see the Mando train really. We saw him like two minutes. Or They're not just even good at minutes. everything, huh? Hmm, yeah. Hmm, 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 hmm. Gary Stew. <laughs> and then the baby's a baby stew. Baby stew. <laughs> Do you think this baby's gonna show up later in canon, like as an adult, like an adult Yoda? Well, we. Can- uh, I think if it, it might. survives, but obviously I think it will survive. I think it's stupid that like there's this baby just brings up so many questions that are interesting to think about, but also make me want to tear my hair out because it's like, what did Yoda not feel this freaking baby that's in his race? Like, uh, but then again, in the prequels, we're told over and over and over and over again that the dark side clouds things and that the jedi are not really connected to the force anymore so, so it could obviously just be- yoda had a baby and because he can't form attachments he like sent the baby away <laughs> i honestly this i know that star wars is about family but i don't want this to be yoda's baby no that's too weird that's like saying i mean it's obviously i mean it might happen same. though it might happen but i'll just go on record as saying i don't want it to be a baby for yoda but mostly <laughs> I mean, because it, it'd be I weird because it's almost on it, the same level as Palpatine like, having a baby. It's like he's a deadbeat dad. <laughs> a deadbeat dad. Or maybe if, maybe it's setting us up for something, some reveal. Maybe he's made by the Force, like literally without a womb. So maybe that's a reveal for Rey, maybe. Uh, this is not a leak or anything. I'm just talking about speculation. Like what if that's, what if something from the Mandalorian of uh, the origin of this baby is going to set us up for the rest of Skywalker? We don't know. But he might be being, clan- he might, be- they want him because, I want to know how the client knows who, the ba- where the baby is, why the baby was being protected and guarded by all these people. And if they, if and obviously they're bad people so how did they get a hold of him where did they find him i have all these questions what are the origins of this baby maybe (sighs) it's a baby nobody it's like it's a nobody and then everybody's gonna be like it's more powerful that he's a nobody because everybody (laughs) could become one with the force and sorry i'm making fun of fandom right now but It's like, where has this baby been for, like, the past 50 years if it's, like, 50 years old? And is Yoda really that incompetent? And <laughs> honestly, I can see it happening. But we'll see. And the baby is born at the same time as Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, Timeline-wise. So yes. it just oh raises so many questions. And I'm just so excited for the future of the series. And I'm excited to see what the developments of the characters are and how long the episodes will be and how I feel about the series when the uh, season is over, which is going to be crazy because it's going to be so hard to extrapolate my feelings about the Mandalorian when I'm so deep into the rise of Skywalker, whenever the series, like the season ends. So, yeah, I mean, did you see, did you see the, I I don't remember who posted it, but there's some behind the scenes pictures that got released with George on set. Yeah, George was on set. Oh, that's another thing. Uh, Apparently, George was very adamant that they would not use uh, Yoda's Yoda's, um, species again. But besides in the prequels where there was that Yaddle, is her name Yaddle? Yaddle. Yaddle. Yeah, which she was on the council and she was very ugly. But (laughs) um, yeah, so. Wow. (laughs) Sorry. but she was strange looking. Come on, like, Yadel could be like maybe very she's beautiful this baby's in her species. mom. 
Maybe she's this baby's mom, but... <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, no, so... Basically... What was I saying? Yeah, who knows where sh- this baby's origins are. He's a, already a baby, Sue, because he's so powerful in the <laughs> force in- intrinsically. Intrinsically. And we haven't seen him being trained by anyone. He's just good at it. At floating. And good at I floating. Think- yeah. I think, yeah, it's going to be interesting what this, uh, the doctor wants with the baby and also how the Mando's going to be protecting the baby too, because he's going to go all dad. He's going to go like full on dad with this baby. I already know. It's <laughs> like, I also want to know how Cara Dune's going to be introduced as well. Mm-hmm. Like, is she going to be like baby Yoda mom to this species too? What do you think? This series is going to be the Wacky Adventures of Mando with Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. I mean, if they do, like, flash forward a bit to when this Baby Yoda's older, could you imagine, like, him being this little, like, um, like, rocket or little Groot? Like, if we looked at the Guardians of the Galaxy, like, what if he's, like, his little sidekick? I don't know. I don't know how, well, they obviously age very slowly, so probably not. I don't know. I don't know how he's going to do this. Like, how mm-hmm. he's not going to carry, like, a baby around this whole series, is he? Like, he'll, he's going to have one of those, like, um, those strap thingies. Like, I don't know if you've Maybe seen Maybe he's going to give it to the, the lady that he is seen with. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. That tried to take off his helmet or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, him- she might not, you, another thing about that thing is that that lady may not know him. Because she's taking off his helmet, right, in, like where everybody could see <laughs> like yeah. i don't know who's around but you know like that's kind of pu- like that's something you do in private i don't know like but i don't know we yeah. might find out that she kn- he knows her we still don't know anything about mandalorian but what i was gonna say is that i don't even know if i finished my whole my thought but yoda or er, george lucas said not that they would never use the species of uh yoda bo- anymore but um mm-hmm. i think dave filoni has his obviously f- full consent because he was there while they were filming this he episode was literally there he was literally there so there's no drama going on if there's if anything the press has just said that fabro and george or fabro and um feloni have george's full approval on this or they've definitely discussed it with him and there's another thing about and uh there's a new interview with jj abrams this isn't about mandalorian but he's also talking about how before getting down to the rise of skywalker he had a lunch with george and i'm sure they talked more than that but um yeah george is still involved in star wars and anyone who denies it is a fool He's so into Midichlorians still as well, apparently. Well, he want that's what he he wanted the sequel trilogy to be like. Yeah. I mean, I think it was still going to be very human based, but I think it was also going to deal with that stuff. But yeah, do you think Midichlorians are going to be in Tross? Uh huh. Do you think? Yeah, uh-huh. I hope so. You hope so? You want that? Yeah, I do. But um, I think it's going to be in the negative sense from Palpatine because I think that the midichlorians and how the Jedi, I think they've even said this in behind the scenes clips. I can't point you to specifically which ones, but George or Dave have said that the Jedi being obsessed with the midichlorian count of a little kid is not even good. So I don't think that the midichlorians, I think that the midichlorians 
I understand why people hate them, but I think that they have a function. And I think that also being obsessed with the count of your midichlorians is bad because it's like, I have more than you, so I'm better than you. And that's not the case for people. So I think if it's used, it's going to be used in a negative direction way by Palpatine. But I think, obviously, I don't, I'm not someone who thinks that they're no longer canon and will be ignored. I think that they're still obviously canon. But that's my thoughts on midichlorians in this episode of Mandalorian. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. What do you think about that? I know this is off topic, but. About which part? The the midichlorians? The midichlorian part. I mean. I I I don't mind it being brought up again in Tross just because it'd be nice to kind of come full circle because the Phantom Menace kind of started talking about midichlorians. Yeah, that's why I think it's gonna that that's a good point and yeah, but I don't want it to become like the focus, you know? Like yeah, maybe- no, like it's not gonna be like Ray so powerful. Be- if if this <laughs> happens, it's gonna be because of Palpatine, and I'm telling you, it's gonna be in a <laughs> negative sense. Like, what if Ray and Kylo like combine their midichlorians and become like? Because I think the whole point is that everybody can use the force, it, even if, well, not yet, but like, I think that everybody has, I think everybody still has the ability to use the force, but if you have a high metachlorian count, you're more likely to be in tune to it, but you have yeah. to like, but yeah, no, we'll see what happens. And like I said, I think everyone's going to get the force at the end of the Rise of Skywalker, so. Right. So, yeah, no, we'll see. Yeah. So, thank you guys for joining us on Jakku Broadcast on the I Have Spoken I episode. Have spoken. Maybe it should be We Have Spoken. <gasps> you know what? I like that. Maybe we should yeah, so if you guys didn't listen all the way through, you'll be confused about why <laughs> I'm so confused. I, will, I Have Spoken. And the the cover image is going to be We Have Spoken. So, thank you for joining us today on Jakku Broadcast on um, We Have Spoken, Chapter 1, our... Um, our analysis of the Mandalorian and I hope you join us on our next episode which is going to be chapter two and um yeah so I hope this series continues to be good hopefully (laughs) yeah so you can join us on you can add us or follow us on Jakku Broadcast on Twitter and um you can follow me on Mortis Gods and how can we find you Melissa Twitter, you'll find me abandoned porg and Tumblr abandoned sock. Yeah, so thank you so much for listening to us today, and you have a good day. Bye. Bye.